follow-up is the work it's the fertilizing it's the digging it's the nurturing the soil it's the pruning the trees it's the grunt work of the sales profession but it's also the most fruitful work Welcome to the Miles and the Markers podcast, everyone. Episode 14, I'm Gene Girdley, and I'm doing something a little different today. I'm sitting outside with my Apple headphones on and recording this into my laptop computer with my book in hand. I decided to do this because it's a nice day out. There are jets flying. There is a breeze blowing. You'll probably hear some of that. So I'm not in a studio with a fancy microphone. But I just felt like getting outside. This past weekend, I had the opportunity to do a live meet and greet in Las Vegas. So many great people that I've met online over the past two years that I finally got to meet face to face. Some who couldn't make it were still virtual and that was great as well. And I hope to meet them soon also. But that human touch is, uh, is important and it really sets up the discussion today, especially as it relates to um, things going on in the world, a lot of technology, the way we connect through email and chat and online, uh, the fact that Facebook has changed to meta and the idea of getting goggles to make the world even more virtual. It just all kind of ties into mile 14, follow up and follow through for success. Because when I talk about this, and I'm actually, as I've said before, for those of you who are fans of the podcast, thank you so much. I really do appreciate it. But for those who are fans of the podcast, you know that I start reading and then whatever comes, comes. <laughs> I don't really plan specifically on what I'm going to say, although I have kind of something in the back of my mind, obviously, by the way I started here. And thank you to our military for training those fighters. And prayers, of course, for the people of Ukraine. What a horrible thing. Horrible thing. So mile 14 is follow up and follow through equals success. For those who have been following the podcast, you know that my first manager in automotive sales, his name was Dennis, and the other manager's name was Becky. And I was sitting down in the office with Dennis after he had hired me. It was just like the day after training got done. And we were sitting there talking. And I'll read to you what this setup was here. The second thing Dennis did was explain to me how he had become successful in sales. So it's really common 
folks for someone who's actually successful in automotive sales, especially to get promoted into management because they were good at sales. And so they get promoted into sales management and then general sales manager and eventually the general manager. We are seeing more and more fixed operations experts being promoted into higher levels within the dealership. And that's a good thing. But this was in the 90s, right? And even today, most general managers came through sales. So Dennis had, be, had been really successful in sales. And uh, he also did magic at the Magic Castle in Hollywood. So he did some fun stuff with his clients. So that helped. But he told me that his secret, this was the number one secret. He told me, and I'm now reading from the book. He told me he would give me the secret to becoming the number one sales consultant in the company. Here is the conversation. Dennis, quote, you simply need to do one thing consistently, end quote. I said, what is it? He said, follow up. Now, the next question that I asked him is kind of funny because I remember it so clearly. I remember sitting there with him and looking out of the glass and pointing to the other salespeople that were wandering around the showroom at the time. And I asked him, did you give the same speech to everyone else on the team? And he said, yes. Uh, it's pretty clear why I asked that question, right? I'm going to make you number one, Gene. Okay, did you tell everybody else this too? <laughs> he said, yeah. Well, I said, well, then why do you think I'll be number one if you told the same story to everyone else? And here's the key answer. And of course, I hadn't done this yet. I hadn't actually pulled this off yet. But thank goodness he believed in me enough to tell me this. And I don't know if he told this part because I didn't ask to other people. But he responded with, because I think you'll do it. Because I think you'll do it. He saw in me someone who would actually do the necessary follow-up. He was right. In fact, at the end of my first full year in sales, my numbers led all other salespeople in total gross profit, and my sales volume was second by one unit to the top salesperson among four retail facilities. And I attribute that all to follow-up. Now, I've told this story before, and other people who know me uh, really appreciate this, who have been in the business for a while, because today, every single DMS, which is the dealer management system, every single dealership has a CRM solution built right into their dealer management system, and that's customer relationship management for those who don't know what CRM means. It's a computer tool. And if you don't know, there's an old saying, garbage in, garbage out. Well, good data in, good data out. It doesn't matter what the tool is. If you don't put good information in about your customers, you're not going to get good information out and it's going to be difficult to follow up. But here's the thing. Follow up is the work. 
It's the fertilizing. It's the digging. It's the nurturing the soil. It's the pruning the trees. It's the grunt work of the sales profession. But it's also the most fruitful work of the sales profession. And it's not just following up, but it's how you follow up. So Dennis gave me a way to follow up. He also gave me a tool called ACT. And once you set the system up, all you had to do was go in and input the proper data for that customer, type in your notes about the customer, and here's the outline for the notes. What do the customers like? And I'm talking about everybody in their family that you know about. What do they like? What do they like to do? What do they like to eat? What do they like to wear? What teams do they like? How do they like to spend their leisure time? Who do they love? Who are the other people in their lives that they love and are important to them and that they want to spend time with and do their jobs for and set up their retirement accounts for so that they can be with those people the rest of their lives? So what do they like? Who do they love? And how do they live? In other words, what are their driving habits? What are their shopping habits? Where do they work? What is their day-to-day -day life like? Those are all things that matter when it comes to follow-up. You don't just, too many people set up a CRM system. They sell a car. They walk into work. Three days later, it says, call and thank them for the car. And that's what they do. Hi, this is Gene. Thank you for buying the car for me. How's the car? Folks, that's not follow-up. That's robotic reactions. I'll call it that. But it's not follow-up. It's definitely not follow-up. So I'm going to jump back to the book here. My path in automotive was already determined to be training other people to be successful in the car business. You know, I, I talk about this a lot. I really love educating people and helping other people. So that was going to be my path. And specifically, it was going to be as a trainer for Saturn Corporation. In my first full year with the Campbell Automotive Saturn brand, my success was reaching the ultimate personal goal of every one of John Campbell's employees, which was to achieve acceptance into the elite president's club. This weekend in Las Vegas, we had a chance to interview Glenn Lundy, and we were asking him about trends. And he said, I don't like to look at trends. I like to look at patterns, right? And, and I want to see what patterns are happening over the course of time with all the dealerships that I work with. And I want to get ahead of those patterns. And follow-up is a, lo a lot like that. It's getting ahead of the patterns of the customer that you know. And then the other thing that he said was, if you really want to be successful, take all of the stuff that you've learned and just throw it out the window. Just take the old stuff and throw it out the window. The old behaviors that you learn and throw them out the window. So now, I don't think that applies to follow-up in terms of what they like, who they love, or how they live, but maybe the way we follow up might be a little bit different. The things that we might offer them might be a little bit different, but I don't think the personal touch should be gone. But the reason that I brought that up is because of this next statement that I'm about to read 
which says to work in automotive sales traditionally requires long hours, sometimes six to seven days a week, working 30 days or more without a day off isn't unheard of for new salespeople. And we were talking with Glenn about how the mindset within automotive, it's a 30 day cycle and you sell more cars in the second half of the week because you set these goals. You, you, after you sell and successfully hit your goal, then the first two weeks of the month, you don't do anything because it's like, oh, I'm being lazy, whatever. And then you jam and cram and work those long hours, second half of the month. And that's the way it has always been in the car business. But what Glenn was saying was get rid of that concept. Customers don't, customers want to buy on the first day of the month. They also want to buy on the 10th of the month and they want to buy on the 30th of the month. If you take care of customers the way you should, then they'll buy every day of the month. And that's one of the things that happened with me that I learned about through follow-up is if you follow up well, then the business will ripen consistently over time. And you don't have to worry about specials or special days or spiffs or anything like that. You'll be successful all the time. And it was true, however, that I had to put in a lot of hours that first year to accomplish what I wanted to accomplish, including going in on my days off to do follow-up. It doesn't mean that the company requires it necessarily. It just means commission sales is a profession that is more like owning your own business than it is a nine to five job. And I think that's still true no matter what the industry changes to. If you don't go to a salaried position and you go to a commission position, it really is like owning your own business because the company that you work for, that you sell for, provides the tools, the resources, the inventory, the advertising, the marketing, all of those things for you to be successful. But you have to be the CEO of your own sales. You need to follow through on your commitments and do what it takes to meet your goals. People who don't look at sales as their own business are rarely successful. Being an entrepreneur is not a surprise. For me, I took to it as a duck takes to water. And any new business requires hard work and long hours. People may tell you otherwise, and you may be tempted to jump at a new business idea or concept that suggests it is easy to start a business and make a lot of money. That's really common with multi-level marketing, and I'm not slamming multi-level marketing. I think it's a great business strategy. But if you think that you can go into multi-level marketing and not work, you're wrong. <laughs> you have to work it just like anything else. Companies aren't that difficult to start, but they are challenging to build into a success and maintain that success. And I will say, and here's the mile marker, that follow up with every customer regularly and follow through on every promise is critical to your success. Establish long-term relationships based on the things that are important to your customers, not what is important to you. So what are some of those things? Well, I would have follow-up phone calls that would ask people about how their daughter's softball game went. I would send birthday cards that included a gift card to their favorite restaurant or tickets to a baseball game or a t-shirt 
that had their the logo of their favorite football team on it or a hat or something like that. Again, it was Dennis taught me focus on what they like, who they love and how they live in your follow up. So when I input data into my follow up system, it was very, very detailed data. And let me just say, um, not only following up regularly, but following through on every promise means that you learn about your customers and you care about your customers. And I got such a big database of customers that I didn't remember everybody's name. Unfortunately, I didn't remember everybody's name. Um, I would know who they were by my follow-up because I would remember their name that way, but I wouldn't make the connection between a particular person and their car so one of the things that I did was made sure that I put information, all, lots of detailed information about them in my follow-up notes every time that I talked with them. And the more that I actually had live conversations, the better I remembered them. But I would remember things about them. So if I saw a customer's car drive in to the service department, I would immediately run to my follow-up technology and I would put in the license number of the car and I would pull it up and I would read about my customer and then go talk to them. Okay. Just to remind me about things. And by the way, that is really caring for my customer. It really was sincere. I really did want to know about them and wanted to learn about who they were as people and wanted to remember about them. And then when I read the notes, I would go, Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And I'd get excited to go talk to them because um, I knew who they were. I knew what they were about. I knew what was important to them. And that is the important part about doing business and having relationships. And that's why this past weekend in Las Vegas was so special. Um, I mentioned Glenn. I shook hands with him and said, ah, oh, finally good to meet you face to face. And he goes, yeah, I feel like I've known you all my life. That was, you know, so encouraging. But it really happened online, right? It happened through um, virtual shows and connections and things like that but it was so good to see everybody face to face and um what i would say is if you want to be good in your business be good at following up personally with people um, when you hear about something that's gone on in their life reach out to them connect with them um, make sure they're doing okay and uh Make a difference in people's lives. I think that's what I would really encourage you to do. Again, um, my thoughts are with uh, all the people in Ukraine. Uh, um, made a connection just yesterday. Someone reached out to me from Ukraine and, and asked a question. She said, the whole world sees how Russia kills our people, our country. What do you think is the problem now facing every Ukrainian? Survive, that's obvious. What do you think should be our country's top priority right now? And I just responded, you know, first, we're praying for Ukraine daily, and we support and encourage the U.S. government to do as much as possible. In fact, I wrote to our senators and congresswomen today asking, and here's the interesting question. By the way, anybody who's listening to this, if you know the answer, please tell me, okay? Asking, why could we fight for Kuwait against Saddam when Kuwait wasn't in NATO, but we can't fight against Putin? 
And then I told her, I'll let you know how they respond. I really would like to know the answer to that. I mean, I'm not a politician and I don't understand necessarily the government. I, I mean, I know the reasons why we fought against Saddam, but he was a killer like Putin is. And uh, I, I'm not sure at what point do we take a risk to care for other people? At what point are we willing to put our own lives on the line? I mean, no, we don't want nuclear war. I mean, that's a world ending thing. But if a bully stands there and threatens the world with nuclear war while they beat up your family or your friends or, or your neighbors, you just go, well, because you got a big weapon and you could hurt more people, I'm just going to let you beat up my neighbor. I, I don't know the answer, folks. I don't know it. And I know I'm getting off track on this podcast, but I'm just keeping it real here uh, because I care. And uh, I hope you do too. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, next week, we're going to get into mile number 15. Training should be prioritized and scheduled. Boy, is that a big topic, huh? We could go on and on with that one. Anyway, God bless you all. Hope you stay safe. And thank you. Until next week, I'm G. Gurdon. Thank you.